Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023 already. And I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. And uh, Mercury is retrograde now, so you can look up online a um, special way you need to handle that unless you were born with it. And also, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our show from September 6th, be sure to look for that in our on-demand archives here on Blog Talk, and you'll hear some great news that can benefit you and your mission. Our special guest this evening is Aaron Jones, who is a frequency code artist, light language speaker, a singer, fashion and textiles designer, and intuitive, working primarily with color, sound, and symbols to assist and support, and Aaron is based in England. We had the pleasure of meeting Aaron when he came to Arkansas twice for two of our Starseed Quests. And over the years, he's been listening, remembering, allowing creation to pour through him with grace and ease so he can assist in our new earth awakening. Through his exploration, he came to understand that his mastery is in working with codes, colors, and sounds as tools for assistance. Aaron has fully moved into creating from the unknown and released creating from the ego, allowing him to bring through magical creations straight from his divine. He offers personalized, highly coded art pieces for his clients to assist them in their ascension path and to help them remember who they are, as well as offering light language recordings to empower and support Aaron speaks the galactic languages of the Pleiadians, Syrians, Lyrans, and a playful fairy language. He has said that he's honored and deeply humbled to share his, his gifts from his heart to yours. And you can check out his new website, which is threadsofalcyone.com. Threads is T-H-R-E-A-D-S, just like threads of Alcyon is A-L-C-Y-O-N-E, or Alcyon. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest and hope to Starseeds that you're not going to hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada for hosting the Switchboard tonight for those who may have a question for Aaron. Of course, our main website is starseedhotline.com, and our Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, while the Stage 2 session is the one-on-one live uh, Zoom session. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of great manifestation ability. So you want to find out when that happens, um, and you can order that timing chart a week or two before your birthday, or if you want um, an interpretation of that chart, about two months before your birthday. So first up, let me get back to my other screen. We're going to start off with uh, Anastasia and the wonderful, exciting, Starseed News. 
<laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Happy New Year, hello. 2020. Happy New Year. Wow, it's really something. Well, uh, it's been rather um, empty of news oh, during the holidays. There just hasn't been a lot happening. But what I do have to share with you tonight, I have a few news stories that are fun, but I thought we would take a look at 100, so, 100 or so ways the world got better in 2022. Actually, when I counted them all up, it came to almost 200. Now, I'm not going to do that to you tonight, but I have a very <laughs> long list, and I'm going to go through some of the highlights tonight. So we can just sit back for a minute and think about the wonderful progress our planet and its people are making in turning the corner and changing the way we live and our attitudes towards each other and all of this wonderful energy that's coming in. So let's start off with number one. And this is a story. It's just briefly. These are bullet lists, by the way. A nonprofit has purchased $6.7 billion in medical debt and forgiven every last cent of it. Wow. People got out from their medical bills $6.7 billion and forgiven it all. Who would have thought? And nine U.S. cities now have the capacity to generate 3.5 gigawatts of solar power, more than the entire country did only 10 years ago. Just four babies have tested positive for HIV in Botswana this year, a country that's on track to eliminate mother-to-child transmission in Botswana. Sixty unhoused people in Germany found a permanent home through an initiative that converts proceeds from art sales into affordable housing. As I read these to you, just think about the creativity and the inspiration behind, and the effort and the hard work of people that are uh, instigating these changes and these transformations. After 428,000 people passed an anti-gerrymandering initiative in Michigan, the state held its fairest election in decades. It's about time. Now, there's a bird, you could hardly say it, that they discovered in New England, in Wellington to be exact, a nest, and it's a titipaunamu bird. Uh, it's a native bird species, and they haven't been seen in Wellington for over 100 years. They're coming back. It's the sort of picture of the, it's a, quite the bird. Fourteen cognitive-impaired inv- individuals who listen to their favorite playlist every day for three weeks showed a statistically significant improvement in their memory. Focusing on your favorite music is good for you. From 1993 to just last year, child poverty in the United States fell by 60%. The number of endangered monarch butterflies found in Mexican forests rose 35% from last year. Now, it was only a very few years ago that they were right on the edge of total peril. The monarchs are coming back. That is terrific. And some of these... Some of these pieces will be familiar to you. We've covered many of these stories in our podcast. But every large parking lot in France will soon be covered in solar panels, generating green energy equivalent to running 10 nuclear reactors. Why not? Cover all your parking lots with solar panels. There's no downside to that. And generate all of that power. Uh, In 2020, Hawaii banned... uh, Coal power entirely. No, no coal. 
now, as of today, its last coal plant has been closed for good. No coal uh, pollution in Hawaii. Uh, a study analyzed 72 million Facebook relationships and found that friendships between the rich and the poor are a highly effective way to reduce poverty. Sometimes it's who you know, and it's good hmm. to intermingle. People get inspired. They get lifted up. They change. There's a little island in Greece. It's called Pilos. It recycles up to 86% of its trash, so much so that it doesn't have any landfill anymore. They don't need it. They have closed wow. the dump. Tuition costs are expected to fall at around 100 U.S. universities. Well, hooray, can't be soon enough. Let's get to it. I'm all for that. Uh, in the middle of the pandemic, Alexandria, Virginia, made its bus system free. You know, it's still free today, and it's back at 95% of the pre-pandemic ridership. And they're still not charging. Let's go. Let's do that. 500 tons of compostable materials are collected from San Francisco each day. 500 tons. That helps to divert some 80% of the city's waste from the landfills. When given to male mice for four weeks, a birth control pill for men was 99% effective in preventing pregnancy in the mice without any side effects. They're working on that, birth control for men looks to be very effective. Norway is developing a heat pump that could allow one-fifth of all European industry to cut its energy use by 70%. If the situation in Europe this winter could only be about three years from now, by now, uh, three years from now, I think they're, I would expect they're going to conquer a lot of these energy issues. This whole energy thing is moving forward, just compounding all the time. They're coming up all kinds of ways. Uh, for free and better energy. Uh, nearly two-thirds of Stuttgart, Germany, which is 207 uh, kilometers, which has more than 630,000 people, is green space. And nearly half of that city is forest. What would it be like to live in a city of 630,000 people where half of it is forest and the rest of it is green space? We ought, we ought to go visit that place. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. In the first half of last year, solar and wind power made up 67% of newly added electrical capacity in the United States. Here's one for you. I don't watch baseball. I didn't notice. But at the start of last year, women served in over one quarter of all professional roles in Major League Baseball. Sweden sends just 1% of its garbage to landfills. Only 1% goes to the dump. The rest is recycled and converted into energy. Awesome. Kansas City made its public transportation free three years ago. And now more than 90% of the riders say they ride the bus more than they drive. Once exposed to the bus, why use a car? Emissions-free energy sources provide 38% of global power last year, more than coal for the first time ever. And in Europe, a bison was born in the wild in the United Kingdom, bison, buffalo, 
for the mm-hmm. first time in thousands, that's plural, thousands of years in the wild. Wow. A new analysis shows that business boomed at restaurants and bars on the 83 miles of streets of New York City, which were closed to traffic due to COVID. So it's coming back. Six cities have appointed heat officers to fight extreme temperatures, and more cities are planning on doing the same. Israel has announced it is going to plant 450,000 urban trees by 2040. 450,000 urban trees. Israel has two major cities, Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. And it's very hot. It's a desert. How wonderful, 450,000 trees. They have trees, but my goodness. That's a wonderful thing. Greeting up the desert. Apps, telephone apps, cell phone apps, are reducing food waste in Denmark. One of the apps has saved more than 11 million meals in the past couple of years. Wow. 30, com- 30 countries across the world are members of something called Promote Pollinators, which is a coalition to share knowledge about protecting and conserving pollinating insects. That's fabulous. Here's one for you. The New York Public Library is now giving away 500,000 books to help families build their home libraries and, quote, strengthen the city's ecosystem of learning. Uh, More than 69 million sockeye salmon passed through Bristol Bay, Alaska last year. It's the largest sockeye run there since tracking began in 1893. There's been a lot of worry about the salmon, but they're doing just fine. In Iowa, a group is working to reintroduce native species like wolves and bison in a state that was once 80% wild prairie. 59 students and their families found a safe place to sleep thanks to something called the Stayover Program in San Francisco. Uh, It's a school that people got together. Students were unhoused, so they created a way to uh, give them a place to sleep with their families. Did you know that in in, uh, Iowa, 57% of their power came from wind? No, I didn't know that. Now, here's one. In Seattle, in a river that goes through Seattle, uh, a stretch of of water uh, had uh, microbes put in it, restored microbes. The, the pollution disturbs the micro, microbia of, of water. And they restored these microbes, and it reduced 78% of the water's pollution. So now they have uh, processes where they want to restore the the healthy microbes to water, and that takes care of much of the pollutants. And when we think about microbes and water, think about antibacterial soaps, bleaches, things like that, disinfectants, God knows what else. But these things disrupt the microbia of the water, and they're alerting when when they replace the microbes, it takes care of pollution. Hmm. Thirteen hospitals in cities all over Ukraine have received more than two dozen portable solar battery systems that can produce and store energy independently, and do they need that? People are responding to the needs of others. In Kansas City, there's a nonprofit that cleans up dump sites 
by planting orchards and gardens. This practice is spreading to 10 other cities at least, and they have planted some 330 orchards. Here's one for you. They are developing floating solar farms that have produced 68 megawatts of green energy back in 2015, but today now they are producing 5,000 megawatts, and they say in just a few years that's going to quadruple uh, solar farms, floating solar farms. A Chicago nonprofit delivers food to 375 houses a week, feeding 2,000 people with 15,000 pounds of fresh produce per month. Here's something. The Frozen Zoo. I never knew about the Frozen Zoo. The Frozen Zoo in San Diego has living cells of over 12,500 species. They're keeping these cells to safeguard them from extinction. Wow. Uh, a Swedish processing plant that can convert 120 metric, uh, 120,000 metric tons of cotton waste into usable fabric. This is a huge step towards clothing recycling. And I could go on and on and on. I don't put anybody to sleep. Hundreds of things that have happened in 2022 that show that the world is on an upswing and things are getting better. And human beings are solving problems. Sure, we make a lot of problems, but now people are coming together in a whole new way to really get their consciousness where, where it needs to be, dealing with the issues of our time and using human creativity and inspiration and cooperation, putting money where it needs to be and uh, activism where it needs to be and, and backbone and sweat and work and concern. And people are putting their hearts out there. And it, it's... Tell you, it's a wonderful time to be alive. There are so many potentials in this world today, and for each one of us, just to be here, just to make a difference in whatever way we can. And it's like I say, it's a wonderful time to be alive, a wonderful time for star seeds to consider ways that they want to contribute, what their hearts are telling them to do. I noticed that our guest tonight is gifted and talented, and is you know doing so much to help. There's so many things we can do. Well, here's a story I thought y'all would like. I know I did. Um, a family tortoise uh, was missing for 30 years. Now, 30 years is a long time. Uh, I could have said the family tortoise got lost in 30 years ago, but I didn't say that, did I? It was missing for 30 years. What happened next? Well, we'd all agree the loss of a pet is tough. Um, if you're really attached, it can be catastrophic. It's difficult. And uh, that's what happened to this family in Brazil. Um, but it wasn't your average pet. It was a tortoise. Uh, nevertheless, they loved that tortoise. It's big, a huge, a big turtle, you know, like bigger than a dog, big. Um, in the 1980s, uh, they lost this tortoise. It came up missing. It happened during a home renovation. Um, the pet tortoise, which they called Manuela, disappeared. Well, they looked all over their house for this missing red-footed tortoise, and they asked their neighbors everywhere, anybody. Unfortunately, nobody had seen the tortoise. So they assumed that it had escaped through the gate that the builders had left open that day. Well, decades later, in 2013, the family's father passed away. And 
the little, what used to be the little girl that owned the tortoise, her name's Lenita, uh, she said her daddy was a bit of a hoarder. She said if he found an old television, he thought he could use some part to fix a new one, and he just kept accumulating everything, and he put it all up in the attic. And after his death, the family had to sort through all kinds of odds and ends that he picked up, up in the attic. Well, little did they know there was a huge surprise to be waiting up there among these decades' worth of clutter. She tells a story like this. I put the garbage bag on the floor. The neighbor was helping me, and I heard her say, Are you going to throw the turtle away, too? (laughs) There, sitting in the box of an old wooden speaker, inside the box of an old wooden speaker, sat this red-footed turtle. Everybody was freaked out, shocked. They started crying. They couldn't believe it. They found Manuela. Well, it turns out that this tortoise was able to survive for 30 years. Uh, According to a professor and veterinarian, uh, tortoises are incredibly resilient and can go up to three years without food. However, this was 30 years. Now, red-footed tortoises are omnivorous. They can eat just about anything. But the uh, veterinarian said that it probably had uh, survived by eating uh, larvae of termites or termites. Well, they're happy to have their turtle back. Now, they've, they've had it back for almost 10 years. I'm telling you a story about the return 10 years ago. And it was 40 years after uh, the turtle had gone missing. Uh, but this update tells us that by now, Manuela has been identified as a boy turtle or tortoise, and they've changed his name to Manuel. Um, <laughs> she said, I love this tortoise. He's a part of our family. Um, You know, we don't often think about animals living so very, very long. But if you're the owner of a parrot, certain kinds of parrots, uh, often you have to put provisions for them in your will because they can live, oh, a very, very long time, 80 years plus. Some of you out there will know more about that than I do. But a tortoise is such such an animal. They live a very, very long time. So I, you know, all this story about how happy the people were to find the tortoise, I wonder how the tortoise feels. He's actually, after, you know, 30 years, been getting good food. I'm sure he's he's the one that's happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's see. Do we have any more time left? We've got a few more minutes. I want to share you this story. Um, uh, here's another missing uh, pet story. Um, a woman uh, went uh, for a trip um, to Tennessee, and um, she said that this was just several weeks ago, by the way. She was moving from Florida uh, all the way to Michigan, and uh, one night she uh, had to stop over in Tennessee. She had to eat, and so she got out of her motel room. Of course, she left the room, uh, went to have something to eat, and when she got back, her cat was gone. Now, her cat's name was Tucker, and the cat belonged to her late husband. She said that the cat had been there for her during really hard times. This for grandson and her brother and her father. Wow, that's a lot. And so she was really upset. Well, one of her friends said, why don't you post about this on Facebook? And it didn't take long at all. She put it on Facebook that Tucker was missing. And she got this phone call from a man in Cleveland. Excuse me, I beg your pardon. A woman in Cleveland who had found the cat and was taking care of him. She was overjoyed, but that's a long ways away from where she was. Well, just so happens this woman's grandpa 
was a truck driver, or is a truck driver. This is a current story. And he had agreed to load up the cat, Tucker, and bring him home, drive him all the way to Michigan. This was during Christmas, and the woman said, it's Christmas time, and with the way the world is, to see something like this, somebody doing something like this, it warms my heart. She said, I'm so overjoyed to be back with my cat. I got my family back. This is overwhelming. Good people, really good people. I mean, who would take in a cat and then return it hundreds of miles away? She said, it's just overwhelming for me. I mean, it, wow. you just see the goodness in people's hearts. It shows us all the time. And our last story for tonight, real quick. Um, there's a barbershop. I'm sure you all heard about Buffalo. My gosh, the snow they got. Holy cow. It was like huge, immense, catastrophic. Well, uh, in Buffalo, there's a barbershop. It's called the Cuts Barbershop. And um, he opened on Friday morning uh, to uh, go in and clean up some tools, some haircutting equipment for the storm hit. He said, I also thought I'd knock out a few haircuts. But he realized when he was done that the weather conditions had gotten so bad he couldn't leave. Not only that, but people started coming into the barbershop for shelter as the snow piled up outside. And by evening, 40 people were there. They had to stay overnight, divided between the two large rooms. Some people slept in the reclined barber chairs, on the floor, or in whatever chair they could find. And altogether, 30 people stayed. I don't know what happened to the other 10. They said 40 came in and they said 30, so who knows. Anyway, the guy says, it was crazy, man. People told me I saved their life. That in another three minutes, they felt like they were going to die from the freezing cold. Some people came in, and their skin was purple. He said many people had come in to get warmth before going on their way or to charge their cell phone. As it turned out, nobody could get out. And a lot of people were visiting the city and had nowhere to go. He said many people came to just get warm, um, but that they had to stay. People praised me, he said. I didn't really feel very comfortable about that. He said um, uh, he didn't want any credit for it. But as it turned out, when they saw it, how bad it was, and people were really getting in trouble, and he saw that there, somebody had died in a, um, uh, a pile of snow, sorry, that, um, that he had posted on uh, the, uh, the Internet that his, he was going to take it anybody that could find, his, find their way to his shop. People were out on the streets, apparently. People were trying to get out of their cars. And they couldn't go very far. So he took in even more people in his barbershop. Uh, anybody that could make it there kept them from freezing to death. In the meantime, he paid for a group of people. I guess he, they, they chained together holding hands to go very nearby to an open convenience store, which was also sort of blocked in. But they all needed food. So he emptied out his registers and sent this people chained by their hands to go to this convenience store a few stores down to buy sausages and hot dogs and sandwiches and to bring them back some water. He said, well, whatever I had, I did what I could. They had to keep the front door locked to keep from being blown off its hinges and to keep the snow from blowing in the shop. They said that uh, people were banging on the door. They were scared for their lives. They, They begged to be let in. So it was packed in there. He said, one guy didn't even speak English, and he tried to give me a $1,000. He said he took it out of his wallet, tried to give it to me. I told him, no, I didn't want the money. I'm not here for a payout. So as it turned out, they all survived in the barbershop, of course, but not everybody did. And uh, some of them were in there for several days before they could get out and get home. 
He said his biggest regret was missing Christmas and being unable to give his gifts to his two daughters, a three-year-old and a nine-year-old. He said that was sad, but I was glad to be able to bless other people by giving them shelter and some food. So there you have it. Uh, It's a nice world we live in. People do have love in their hearts. And from my heart to each one of you, much love and a very happy new year. This is a new epic, a new page for you. Go out and make it what you want it. And I know it's we have a lot to look forward to. I'm looking uh, forward to tonight's show, Ariel. It looks wonderful. Me too. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Well, it's always always a pleasure and good job. Okay. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, good night. Okay, get get your mic open here, Erin. Well, hey, Erin, welcome to the show. Hello, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Yes, 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 it's working. It sounds like you're right next door, even though you're in England, (laughs) and I'm near Atlanta, so... And we got we have people all over the country, but thanks to the internet, we can come together like this. <laughs> so we are so proud of you. Uh, you know, we have we have known you um, well actually bef- since before you came to the Quest for the first time in 2018. <laughs> so why don't we start off and have you just talk about your path up until. You you were at least uh, awake enough. You had your first reading, and then you came, and then you were you were drawn to come to Arkansas. So why don't you just tell us about your 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 journey of awakening? Mm, okay. Well, well, I was a pretty sensitive child. Um, I was a very happy child, but uh, pretty sensitive and very empathic. Um, uh, school was pretty hard for me. Uh, I think it is for a lot of star seeds, you know, and especially when you're empathic uh, at school because uh, you pick up on a lot of people's stuff. And, you know, I had the experience of, uh, you know, going through being bullied and uh, not really feeling safe. But I always had like a little little things kind of running in the background of my life. So, um before I moved to, I can't remember the ages of things, but when I was in like, uh, before I moved to the big school, right? Um, mm-hmm. I remember I have a memory of uh, being in the playground and hearing telepathically, uh, I guess from my divine, uh, they said, you know, this next period of your life is going to be really difficult. Um and they were right. Uh, and you know, when I moved, <laughs> yeah, when I moved to the big school, right, um, I had a similar experience where I was walking on the outside of the school building because I didn't want to uh, deal with all of the energies, right, of walking through the main building and interacting with all these different people, and sometimes them not being nice, right. So I um I was walking on the outside, and again, telepathically, I hear like. You know, when you get older, you're going to have to heal all of this. <laughs> um, so 
that's kind of been in the background of my life, uh, just kind of running through. Um, but I would say the main sort of where the story really sort of uh, began with my awakening was I was doing a pre-degree course uh, for university and mm-hmm. in that pre-degree course, I got to try like all the different art disciplines, which I was really blessed to be able to go and do. So I got to try, I got, I got to try fashion and textiles and fine art, graphic design, architecture, just like all, all of the different disciplines to sort of decide what I want to move into. And I remember when I think it was when I specialized into fashion and textiles, I, I met a girl there and um, I knew I had to be friends with her. My divine made it really, really clear to me um, that I had to be friends with her. Anyway, so I finished that course and uh, my friend, uh, she was from the Canary Islands and she invited me and a few friends to go visit her family home and kind of go on a little holiday um, and we went during Pleiadian lineup, but I didn't know this at the time. So I was like on an airplane <laughs> going to Gran Canaria on Pleiadian lineup. Um, you know, and I went to, I think it was called Rock Nublo, um, or I think it's called like Cloud Rock. Anyway, it's, it's this um, kind of like volcanic uh, mountainous area with this sort of huge rock right on the top of the mountain um, and when I went there I remember that something shifted inside of me uh, I, I felt the most peace I'd ever felt in my life when I was on top of this uh, on top of this kind of like mountain area anyway today actually my divine kind of uh, got me to look a little bit more into what that was all about and it it was kind of from my research I found that it was kind of considered a holy place for I I, I, think, I hope I get say this right the the Guanchi people and there's this myth around the Guanchi people that they were uh, the descendants of the Atlantean civilization um, so going during Pleiadian lineup to that land uh, really kind of, I guess, activated certain things for me. Um, you know, and when I came back, um, I just knew something had shifted. Um, and then I, I, I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible the rest of the story, but um, I was looking for places to live in London. Um, and I kept finding flats on this one street in London. Um, and again, I didn't know anything about the Starseed stuff, but the, the road name was called the Seven Sisters, um, <clears throat> which obviously that Palladian thing is just like kind of in the background still. <laughs> um, I didn't end up living there. I actually ended up living in a completely different uh, area and there's a whole story with that. But um, I think it was when I was living in London, I again heard telepathically, um, I was looking into astrology at the time and I heard telepathically to Google how to tell if you're an ET from your astrology chart. <laughs> so I was like, if anybody's an ET, it's me. Like I was like 100% sure that, like, <laughs> that, was, that, that had my name on it, right? Um, so 
I, that's when I discovered your website. Um, and then the final thing that kind of led me up after that was, I think it was, it might have even been that day, I was, um, I was visited by a being. Uh, they were dressed all in white, had really, really long white blonde hair and these sort of almond-shaped eyes. <laughs> and um, I was like in a state between sleeping and not sleeping. And they ener energetically uh, touched my third eye and a stream of love came through my body and and then they left. So there was no denying any of it. And I guess that's kind of that's kind of the end of the story. <laughs> well, that's no, that's the beginning of the story. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the prologue. So, uh, and as I'm I'm listening, you know, um, I'm familiar with your chart, and and you have the mark of Atlantis in a really loud place on your chart. <laughs> And uh, so it's, it's really, it's it's prominent. So, and, you know, with the Canary Islands, it, just in proximity to where mm -hmm. Atlantis was, that that makes total sense to me that there would be Atlantean descendants um, on the on those islands. Mm -hmm. And when um, we were we were just chatting a little bit before the show, I told you I'd bring this up uh, mm -hmm. because the um, um, I, I don't have a collective term, but the avatars, very high beings, um, you know, ETs that are you know, extremely advanced and evolved, they have coded places on the planet with residual frequencies that they don't fade. They're there. And when a starseed person... Um, or a person that has a resonant code in their blood, when they step on that land, there's a quickening that happens, and it's like stuff gets turned on. Now, you know, it just might be preheating the oven because you've come miles since then. But I, I, I thought it was um, more than just a little interesting that, you were going to the Canary Islands where you had that, that connection with your Atlantean records and the Atlantean mm -hmm. energies on that island, and you did that on Pleiadian lineup. <laughs> and, and it was totally unbeknownst. I mean, I you, you were not aware of Pleiadian lineup in your, mm -hmm. in your 3D brain at that time. So, you know, it just, it just goes to show you that we are all you know, guided, even though we might be blind to the guidance. <laughs> In retrospect, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. And Seven Sisters uh, Street in, in London. It was just, you know, that's the Pleiades, the Seven Sisters. So they were, they were like, they were, you know, nudging you. It was like, hey, Aaron, hey, Aaron, look over here. Go over there. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so I, I think... Um, I I think when you came to the quest, you were just barely twenty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was telling you before the show, it that seems like it's years and years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
but time is, I mean, time is really moving quickly. So um, in the time since that, so you came, you made the choice to come to the first quest. Um, mm-hmm. And you want to talk a little bit, you know, like before and after? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I went in August of 2018. Um, yeah, that was pretty big for me because when I came I realized again a lot of the stuff has kind of been in the background in my life like you know you have other things to do right 3d things to do and then it's kind of in the background but when I kind of arrived and met everybody there um, the the biggest thing that hit me straight away was that um, I felt love and not love that you know, people can say a lot like, oh, you know, I love you, but it, it really didn't come from the frequency of unconditional love. So so when I came to the quest, I, I felt that unconditional love so strongly in my body um, and with the people that were there, it kind of was like, oh my gosh, I've been searching for this my whole life. Um, yeah, that was pretty big. Um, and everybody was so lovely at the quest as well. It was like true soul family. Um especially from the place that I was coming from, where I felt so alone. It it, it really um, shifted things for me a lot because you start to realize, you start to come out of that paradigm of being alone or being lonely. Um, but one of the biggest things that shifted after that quest was my, I started really seeing clearly. I was at university at the time, right? And I started to really see very clearly the frequency that people were creating from. So I would see other people's work, right? And I could feel the frequency. And it was interesting for me because I could see that some of this was being created from ego. I didn't have the words to describe that, describe it at that point, but just using the words they have now, like some of it was created from ego and mind and seeing how that, that frequency was kind of... Um, it wasn't the most up spiral, right? And um, and I noticed as well as soon as I as soon as I had that question in August, my sensitivity to color just like turned up so strongly. I didn't even want to look at color, honestly, because one color was just like kind of a bit, not a bit, really overwhelming for me. Um, it's like my 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 color stuff got turned up really really loud, and for for a while, I really, really just didn't want to even go there with color because when you combine certain colors together, it really does create a frequency resonance. And <laughs> I think my system was a bit overwhelmed, honestly, um, after after having all of that kind of turn up really loud. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. There's always a period of adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the quest because you have growth in so many different ways that sometimes you just have to wait until <laughs> until it all fits again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, now working with color and sound, those are very Atlantean uh, modalities. Um you know, the color frequency, sound frequency, it's all frequency, whether it's, yeah. you know, color or sound or energy, mm-hmm. it's its all, you know, frequencies. 
Uh, and but now you are combining that uh, with light language. Mm-hmm. So how long has that been going on? Because you weren't you weren't doing light language when we first met you. Yeah. Well, again, it's funny because like the the experiences I had before I kind of have my awakening right kind of all had little secrets <laughs> that I get to look back and go, oh, that's when that was like kind of there, but I wasn't aware of it. You know, one of the projects I did uh, in that pre-degree course, I, I I made my own language out of symbols. And the symbols was kind of where it all really started for me with light language um, and sort of automatic writing. So I would see symbols kind of like in my mind's eye, like through vision, uh, quite a lot, actually. I remember when it first started happening and I was just like always, every time I'd shut my eyes, it was like I was seeing symbols all the time. Um, but when it, it kind of moved, when it started coming into my voice, was that I noticed there was sort of like a similar frequency from automatic writing speaking. That there, was, there was a similar frequency that I kind of connected both of them together. And also when I started doing music, that really opened up my, my throat chakra, honestly, <laughs> really opened up my expression. Because I would, when I first started doing music, I was just working with basically tones of sound and uh, bringing in harmonies together. So as I started doing that, that's when I just started feeling the, um, the I don't even know if it's the right word, is the intuition. I just started feeling the expression of language coming through me as I was doing singing. Um, so I guess that was kind of the point where it really came in. And then I just started noticing. My divine got me kind of more focused on the frequency of the, the stream of language that I was bringing in, not so much about, you know, the fact of whether it was Pleiadian or whatever. It was more about, they really kind of got me to focus on what's the energy behind this language. Because I guess that's kind of the important thing. It's not so much with the labels that we put on everything. It's like, how how can this uh, be a service, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the frequency. You know, you could you could say uh, your shoes are dirty, and make it sound like you know, like you're very sympathetic or or mad or what. It's it's not really about what the words are saying. It's the frequency that comes yeah. through. You know, the words are just a vehicle for that frequency. Yeah, it, I think also it was very natural for me as well because, you know, growing up, I I found it really difficult to talk to people because uh, I would receive the frequency before I would receive what they said. <laughs> so, like, huh. uh, yeah, the frequency would come in first before I had the mental understanding of what someone was saying. So, you know, people would turn around and say, you know, oh, I... Uh, you know, someone could say, oh, just as an, as an example, someone could say, oh, I love you, but they're saying it from a certain frequency. So it's, it was really confusing, you know. <laughs> mm. What? How did your How did your parents? Uh, did they? Did you cover that up in front of them? Did were I they aware? Um, not so much, but I think I wasn't really. 
it, it took me a while to realize what was going on because I kind of thought that I was just like, you know, I thought I was just socially awkward. But it's like, no, I'm just actually just receiving so much information at once. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's good. I mean, um, your parents have been very supportive and yes. uh, but you know a lot of a lot of star seeds when they're you know they're telling their stories how you know parents would tell them oh you're just imagining that why can't you be like everybody else mm-hmm. you know and then you know then you've got another thing that you have to heal from before you can get on with it so i'm glad that you were spared that kind of um, yeah. you know uh, admonishment but um so, yeah, because I mean, you you have grown so much, you know, in in well, four almost going four and a half years, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, and just like exploding all over the place. Every time I've talked to you, you've got you've got a you know got a new thing going here. You go in there, and and you know you've got um, you put your your light language symbols into fabric. Mm-hmm. So people can yeah. wear that. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. I, oh, that was. I forgot to mention that when I had that experience of um, that, that being visiting me, you know, and they were dressed in all white. One of the things that was really clear uh, that was uh, they were wearing clothes with symbols on. So like it was like a kind of like a weird thing where I was like, oh my gosh, am I seeing the future version of myself or <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I, I wasn't surprised that I ended up going into what I do, part of what I do now, which is, yeah, putting symbols into clothes. So some of the things I do is like, um, first, if it's like a, for a specific person, I can bring in like certain symbols and codes that hold a kind of like an aspect of themselves. Um, one of the things I have is like a, a soul frequency uh, symbol design basically which is where it brings in like an aspect of self whether that's like a higher aspect of self whether it's like angelic or et um or it's kind of the expression of an aspect of yourself in color and code um yeah and then printing that onto fabric and then whatever fabric um because there's a couple of fabrics that i've been that i have that is like a fabric made from like plastic bottles which is really good for the environment obviously and um, uh, any other natural fabrics uh, that will biodegrade that's what I print them on but yeah it's I think the design of it is that when people are wearing the clothing they're just walking around activating people I guess (laughs) (laughs) right right well um, I I noticed on, on your on your website, you just, you had a beautiful knit, like kind of a cardigan coat mm-hmm. with with the diamonds all over it. Yeah, uh, that was gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, and for most people that listen to us, know that the diamond shape um, is one of the symbols of Athena, the the Pleiadian mm-hmm. goddess. So. Um, it, it kind of all comes together with with the color and the symbol mm-hmm. and the fabric and then um the 
um, now do you do any any, any other art um, per se you know w- w- sketching drawing sculpting it seems like that's looming on the on the horizon <laughs> um well I just want to quickly go back just just quickly because something I wanted that was coming in just to mention about the knitted clothes specifically um as you were saying that they're all kind of combining together one of the I've had quite a lot of um kind of mystical experiences when I'm working with threads and knitting um but one of the things that seems to come in sometimes is that um you know I remember one day I was I was making a fabric and I I started hearing like all of this music as I was creating it's, it's like I it's like I was surrounded by these women singing um and one of the things that my divine has shown me that happens sometimes when I'm working with threads is that sometimes I will sing and sometimes I will speak light language when I'm making these clothes because uh, what I was shown was that specific stitches can hold a spe- can kind of be wrapped in a specific frequency. Um, I just wanted to add that in because it really is that combination of color and symbol and sound all together in a piece of clothing. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to bring that there. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's I mean that's a, a good thing to 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 um, expand on because yeah, just as you were saying that it, it like clicked in because when you when you are weaving, mm-hmm. creating your intention is going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're actually uh, capturing the energy mm-hmm. in the thread and then the type of stitch. That's what's like, oh, my gosh. That, 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 my mind just started racing. It's like, okay, <laughs> you've, got, you've got stitches like, because, I mean, I do some crocheting and I understand mm-hmm. basics about stuff, but... Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm just wondering, it's like, okay, the more the more um, complicated the stitch or the, the, the yeah. more simple the stitch, the more elegant the stitch, I'm thinking, oh, God, <laughs> I know there's all kinds, of, all kinds of, you know, um, <laughs> energy trails uh, that can lead off of that. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm going to stop talking about it because I can talk about it for ages, but, I, yeah, just adding to that, it's like lace holes, for example, it's like I'm. It's like playing with space and like the physical and the non-physical because the the lace holes hold hold a like an energy point in each in each of the lace holes. So um, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it's super exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to be pondering that one for a while. <laughs> so um, when you when you first started um i you know you got you got a keyboard and mm-hmm. you were just you know kind of experimenting with it and then you sent me uh, uh some clips of songs that you had been um recording and mm-hmm. and i was uh, as the brits say i was gobsmacked <laughs> i mean who is this? Who jumped into Aaron? <laughs> and what have you done with him? You know. <laughs> uh, um, so, and I actually have that um, 
if if you think now might be a good time to play a, uh, one of your musical compositions. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, once it comes through this, you know, the the podcast software, there's going to be. Some, <laughs> I always have to give that little disclaimer. There's going to be some quality that gets lost in the in the in the techno technology of it. But I just want everybody to focus on the energy rather than the you know, the audio part of it, the energy of it. And I just preface this by saying that you do this in layers. Mm-hmm. So every every note and every voice it is all you. It's mm-hmm. not a band. So you know, and you just you just lay it down like layers of lasagna. One, you know, one part on top of the other part, and and it is so masterful. For because you weren't doing any of this four years ago, and this is just a, a prime demonstration of when a starseed wakes up and really gets on the fast track. This is what can happen. on your website yeah yeah it's just a small small collection yeah okay well um if if you want to hear more of aaron's compositions um go to threads of alcyone and that's threads just like you know needle and thread threads of a l c y o n e so um I was trying to, were you doing a mix of light language and earth language? Yeah, so some, of, some of them are like, um, I, I guess this is just the, the, the terms I use, but some of them are like just angelic toning, and some of them is like, <laughs> some of the sounds and are, are light language words, and then some of them is earth language, and then obviously the the nature sounds is like, really important to bring in that earth and uh, fey, fey energies as well. Yeah. Well, why don't you t- t- talk about your um, 
experiences with the elementals, the fairies, yeah. um, that whole kingdom. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> They've been uh, around me a lot today, so <laughs> they really wanted to be part of this conversation. Um, yeah, um, well, the first thing I'd want, I want to say is that um, my experience with the, the fey realms, the elementals, the fairies, um, is so very heart-centered. Um, you know, I've had some of the most profound experiences in my life from, from their realms. Um, one of the main messages that I was hearing today, you know, uh, as part of what they wanted to share, was that as we're kind of moving into this new earth frequency, that our relationship with them is really changing. And one of the things they said really clearly is that it's time for us to be family. And I'm, there's a lot of emotion that comes forward with that um, because of uh, the history of our connection with them. And um, yeah, just give me a second because there's a lot of emotion. So I can share a few um, experiences I've had with them <laughs> just to get into the playful frequency. You know, um, you know, I remember one day I was, I woke up in the morning and I just was kind of like bombarded with this vision of this gnome. Uh, his energy was uh, so playful and, and so joyful. He was like skipping in my back garden and oh my gosh, he was just, he was having the time of his life, just like, you know, going around, smelling the flowers, you know, humming to himself. He was just having a great time. <laughs> and, you know, I, I connected with his energy and I was like, okay, well, why am I having this experience? Because I felt like I was like, it felt like I was kind of like peeking into to his realm. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be an intruder. <laughs> I want to know like, hey, like, you know, wh why are you here? Why am I having this experience? And, you know, I connected with them and uh, one of the things they wanted wanted me to do was to share their story, to share uh, some information about who they are uh, and how we can connect with them more. Um, and again, for, for some reason, for me and the gnomes, like there is such a strong connection of family that they kind of uh, really made important to me when they were sharing the things that they were you know <laughs> and being reminded yeah. of the vision like I had I had three gnomes in my room with like little pieces of paper <laughs> just basically staring at me waiting waiting for me to like write down what they had to say um so yeah they're, they're pretty lovely and they can help you a lot with gardening and uh, they're really involved in assisting the beginning stages of planting a seed. So the information I received, and I guess it's not too important, all of the specifics, but what I was shown was the gnomes really help with that first point when the seed touches the earth. And the fairy, the fairy beings are the ones that assist with the flower growing from the seed to the flower. Um, so they were just, you know, sharing different information with me but um yeah that message of that 
really we're moving into a time when we're going to remember the heart connections and heart relationships we have with the fey realms and nature and how that is really part of us moving forward into the new earth. That's what I was told anyway. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's right on um, because we have for so long done worse than ignore them. Mm. We've harmed them and their habitat. You know, mm. they live in nature, in, in the waters and the forests and the mountains and the air. Um, and it is that really touched me when they said it's time for us to be family. Yeah. Rather than, <laughs> rather than give us, you know, well, we, we are getting the spanking. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> with, with, you know, with the weather, but it's just a wake up call. Yeah. You know, learn how to live in, uh, um, balance and harmony with these kingdoms. Well, do the, do the fairies have, um, apart from what you already said, do they have a, a specific message for star seeds? Let me just connect in. Just give me a second. <laughs> okay. So what I, I'm not surprised that this is what they want to say <laughs> is that just being encouraged to get into the playful frequency because we can be pretty serious with the missions that we have on the planet. And um, it's that reminder that we also have to enjoy being here <laughs> and that getting into that playful frequency is only going to empower the mission that we have. So if you're somebody that's really serious, <laughs> that's listening, you know, invite them in a bit because, um, they want to play with us for sure. <laughs> well, when when you're joyful, when you're laughing, your frequency is super high. Yeah. So, you know, if you are if you're if you're all serious and stern, um <laughs> you might you might not be as effective as if you did that exact same job joyfully. Hmm. You know, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, and you can be serious. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was I was stopping for you. Oh, okay. I was just saying that I just heard really clearly that it's just like some people uh, need to invite them in more <laughs> to help because they can. Yeah. So uh, every everybody go to your. Your your local neighborhood uh, ferry system, and uh, find find a reason to to laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think we can we could be we can have a lot of integrity with our mission and still have fun. Yeah. One is not exclusive of the other. So, um, would you like to uh, give us some um, other Languages, light languages, um, any you know messages from anybody, uh, the Pleiadians, mm-hmm. the Syrians, the Lyrans, um, the people that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Message yeah, for starseeds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I just want to preface by saying that if anybody's driving, I don't recommend listening uh, to this particular point because it can be a lot of energy. Um, And I guess I'm just inviting everybody to close your eyes if you want to and connecting into the physical body and feeling into the base of the feet. And just taking a second to be grateful for the physical body that we have that allows us to be here on the planet. And just connecting in to the heart space. And I will bring in, I'm feeling some Pleiadian festival, so I'll just bring that in. Elaniati Woleshalatiyama Umetiriya Kala Wetaniyama Holeshalati Masilati Nika Holeshilaki Mawena tisana Hule sikaleti Hamani alasa Hule siniti Hule shanari Ometanika Just breathing in those really soothing, calming, loving energies. And I am feeling a bit of, I do have a bit of fairy energy that wants to come in. So just, is it okay if I bring that one in just quickly as well? sure, sure. Okay. Um, So I'm going to just go a bit closer to the microphone because it is a whisper. (laughs) Okay. the playfulness it was I was almost like uh, just grinning from ear to ear <laughs> what a, what just you know when you see a baby and you just want to squeeze those cheeks you know yeah. <laughs> just want to squeeze those cheeks uh, that's how that made me feel yeah the, with the fairies they bring in such a beautiful inner child energy you know getting you into that really like I felt like they were telling me secrets. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
the joy of children, I don't think, is exceeded by anything. You know, when when you feel joy as a child, it's it's utter and complete, and you don't have that that voice built in. It's like, now come on, now you've got to you've got to yeah. you know be grown up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I I had a uh, when the gnomes asked me to do an art piece on them, and and the gnome energy. One of the things that was really clear to me was that that they they hold such a um. The, the energy of being as free and as joyful as a child, but holding so much power. And it's that, it's that energy of standing in your power, but still being as playful as a child, which I think is like the perfect balance. <laughs> oh, well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's a great combination. <laughs> you, you have your power and your joy. Yeah. It, if you lose one, you're not going to have the other. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. So, when you um, you do um, personalized art pieces, you want to tell us about that process? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, the process of doing the the custom art pieces because I have two different ones. I think I mentioned it a bit earlier that. The soul frequency art piece is what some, what I combine with with clothes, but also it's on its own as well, which is yeah, bringing in those uh, an aspect of soul that helps you kind of uh, remember aspects of yourself that maybe you need to remember stuff that can kind of um, activate little codes that help you go oh wait this energy feels really familiar to me this is something that actually hold within. Um, and then the other custom art piece that I have um, is a personal ascension assistance piece. And that one brings in, again, spe- specific colors and codes to assist you with kind of where you are at. And it's with that one, it's kind of like if you're, if you're struggling with, let's say... Um, you know, tuning into your intuition. I don't think Stasis have that problem, but I'm just using that example. Um, the energy that will be brought in is the colors that hold that frequency and also the codes to support it. But one of the things my diviners told me is that, well, actually, they, <laughs> the, the, the whole point is that they, they don't say a lot to me when I bring this in. Uh, I don't get a huge amount of mental information that comes through with it because it's just bringing in straight just straight the frequency and I find that that is kind of the whole reason and point for why I why I create those custom pieces because there's so much in the codes and colors that's beyond just one theme or one specific topic so it's really like the way I've seen my work is that each day I can turn up and look up look at the piece that I've made and it activates something different every single time. I think I think it's uh, I guess it's kind of very multi-dimensional in that way. Um, yeah, but those are the two sort of custom pieces that I do. Uh, one to help people, re- you know, remember remember who they are, and the other one is just, you know, what does the divine 
how can the divine support you through color and codes truly yeah right. well it's it's all there not only the you know the colors and codes and symbols and that includes sounds um <laughs> but even right there in nature yeah. you know and the elementals and the and the and the natural kingdom it's all hidden in plain sight and people just have, you know, kind of been and I'm not de-evolved <laughs> to the point where, you know, it's like they used to be awake and then they fell asleep. Lavender calls it the sleepy juice. It's like, ooh, got some sleepy juice on you so you, just, you, know, you have to you have to wake up um uh, sometimes again. Uh and but you and these are tools to help assist that. Yeah, what was coming in when you were talking? Process. Just just quickly, sorry. Ed. One of the things that was coming in was about how um, I was hearing from the fairies how um, we can get like uh, help younger people to come out come out of the technology and get them more excited in magic and the fairy realms. It was just it was coming in when you were talking about, uh, or you just said for some reason it just. They came in really clearly with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and that's a great point because, I mean, there's there's a whole generation of people now mm-hmm. on the planet uh, that did not exist when there was not computers and Internet. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that takes people away from Mother Nature. Yeah. And so, yeah, just going out. I mean, you've traveled to, you know, different places uh, in England and just around Mm -hmm. the British Isles. I mean, you've gone, obviously, to the Canary Islands. You came here to Arkansas. But your little um, uh, adventures in your own backyard, so to speak, uh, didn't you say you you went, uh, was it to to Glastonbury or someplace north. Yeah. Yeah, Glastonbury and Avebury as well. Yeah. Avebury, that that was the other one. Yeah. So, uh, did uh didn't you have a uh, an unusual experience on that trip? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um well, I've been to Glastonbury a couple of times, you know, and just bringing in the fairy energy again because they seem to just be popping in and out of this whole thing. Um when I went to Glastonbury the first time, um, you know, I had someone come up to me and say, you just have fairies all in your aura. And I was like, <laughs> that was the first time I'd heard that from somebody. Um, yeah, but I actually went uh, the second time to Glastonbury with the geezers, with, with the crystals, and with, with some crystals. And uh, yeah, I remember when I went, uh, that was that was very interesting. That was when I had sort of the awareness that some of the elemental beings, um, some elemental beings are, are not, uh, I don't know how to f- phrase this. Uh, some of them are in sort of like a distorted frequency. I think I think you actually, I think someone mentioned it on, on the show. Uh, I can't remember what show it was, but she was mentioning about how that there is sometimes a distortion in the energies of the elemental kingdom because of uh, what's happened to the ley lines and how 
some things have been interfered with, you know, and I remember when I went with the geezers to Glastonbury and I had this, this, uh, this experience where I felt like I was being, I planted the geezers and I felt like I was being chased out <laughs> by beings that didn't really want me there, um, didn't want the energies to be, um, to shift Queen. and move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's happened before when you know because the Giza crystals will bring everything back to balance. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, if there are energies that are thriving on the imbalance, mm-hmm. they're not going to like you very much. <laughs> you know? no, so no. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. But you uh, you did leave the geezers there, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I did. And then ran. Yeah, and then, yeah exactly. And then <laughs> drop and run. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's good to know. So, and I also wanted to um, uh, make the point that there are so many star seeds in England. Uh, I mean, it's it's like second only. Um, to the United States as far as our listenership. Um, you know, England has a ton of starseeds. And my point is that every every time I do a, a, a session or reading for someone in England, it's like, you know, I, I think I'm the only one. <laughs> that kind of, you know, they, I mean, they have nobody to talk to. They feel so alone. And it's like because, you know, in, in England, there's just cer- certain things you don't discuss you know that's just the way it's always been, and uh, so I just wanted to make the point that um, Aaron, you are just um, what like an hour east of London, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, I've another dear starseed friend who's just in in Windsor. Um, hi, Clive. Get well soon. Um, there's, I mean, there's just star seeds all over. So, you know, maybe if you're listening to this show, um, you can find a way to connect through Aaron. You know, get yourself a, a, a star seed family group um, right there on your own soil so that you have, mm-hmm. you know, because when you don't fit in, it's, it's not a bad thing. Because I mean, with 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 you know, typically you know, the normal people, you don't want to fit in with them. If you try to fit in, you become something you're not. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to say, you know, every if you're in England, you know, do you have contact information on your website where people want to um, you know, connect with you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have like a, a contact section and also I do have, I just created an Instagram, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not that amazing at social media. So maybe it'd be better to contact me through my website, but yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm putting it out there that if you're a star state in England, um, you know, you're not alone and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you can connect with Aaron and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe start a group. Support group <laughs> for, for misunderstood star seeds in England. Yes. So um, this has been delightful having you on the show. Um, I, I'm so proud of you. You have grown so much so quickly, 
and to you know to be creating beautiful music and um, doing the light light language work, working with the sound and the color and all those symbols, uh, you know, doing doing things for people to help them on their mm-hmm. path as well. Yeah. Um, just my hat's off to you. Bravo. <laughs> no, yeah, thank, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I, I uh, I'm very grateful. I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of friends that I've made through uh, the quest and through just, uh, you know, connecting through that word starseed. You know, and what I what I keep being shown is that, especially as we're moving, as I said, into that into the new Earth frequencies, it's like I keep seeing. All, all of us like standing together in a line with our hands linked as we're kind of like sweeping through with with our energies. So yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. We're we're really not doing it alone. And um, you know, it, sometimes we you know we need to reach out for help from other star seeds. You know, it's important. Exactly. And yeah, because there that feeling that you felt at the quest, mm-hmm. just you know acceptance no mm-hmm. judgment you know loving family it's like that at every quest <laughs> so it's not just something that unique that happened only when you were there that happens yeah. with every quest and it's when people of like mind and and similar frequency are together it's mm-hmm. it's empowering for everybody so go to Aaron's website Threads of Alcyon, um, and and send him a send him a note. Let him know where you are. <laughs> so, Aaron, it's just been delightful having you with us. And I know it's very early in the morning for you with the time <laughs> difference. So, thank you for staying up late to be with us. And I'm giving you a big hug. Oh, big hug back at you, and and thank you for having me. You know, on. Uh, your show I really appreciate it and um, yeah I just hope that um, everybody you know uh, wishing everybody lots of love and lots of blessings for this new year well I will say yes to that (laughs) (laughs) all right sweetie well thank you so much for being with us okay okay bye-bye bye and we will be back two weeks from tonight Until then, have a happy, happy beginning of the new year and replace judgment with compassion. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 